1: Join us as we listen to God's Word and seek to grow in our love and understanding for the good news in our lives. And now, Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman. The Liturgical Scripture Readings for the Second Sunday of Easter, Divine Mercy Sunday. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. They devoted themselves to the teaching of the apostles and to the communal life to the breaking of bread and to the prayers. Awe came upon everyone and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their property and possessions and divide them among all according to each one's need. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple area and to breaking bread in their homes. They ate their meals with exultation and sincerity of heart praising God and enjoying favor with all the people. And every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. The word of the Lord.
0: Thanks be to God. The responsorial Psalm. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love is everlasting.
1: Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love is everlasting.
0: Let the house of Israel say, His mercy endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say, His mercy endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say, His mercy endures forever.
1: Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love is everlasting.
0: I was hard-pressed and was falling, but the Lord helped me. My strength and my courage is the Lord, and He has been my Savior. The joyful shout of victory in the tents of the just.
1: Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love is everlasting.
0: The stone which the builders rejected has become the cornerstone by the lord has this been done it is wonderful in our eyes this is the day the lord has made let us be glad and rejoice in it
1: give thanks to the lord for he is good his love is everlasting a reading from the first letter of saint peter blessed be the god and father of our lord jesus christ who in his great mercy gave us a new birth to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by the power of God are safeguarded through faith, to a salvation that is ready to be revealed in the final time. In this you rejoice, although now for a little while, you may have to suffer through various trials. So the genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that is perishable, though even tested by fire, may prove to be for praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Although you have not seen him, you love him. Even though you do not see him now, yet believe in him, you rejoice with an indescribable and glorious joy as you attain the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. The Word of the Lord.
0: Thanks be to God. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. So I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit, whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples said to him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, "'Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands "'and put my finger into the nail marks "'and put my hand into his side, "'I will not believe.'" Now a week later his disciples were again inside and Thomas was with them. Jesus came, although the doors were locked, and stood in their midst and said, "'Peace be with you.'" Then he said to Thomas, "'Put your finger here and see my hands. "'Bring your hand.'" And put it into my side, and do not be unbelieving, but believe. Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you come to believe because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book. But these are written that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that through this belief you may have life in his name. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord is risen, alleluia.
0: He has risen indeed, alleluia.
1: Carla, we are in the second Sunday of Easter, which is also known as the Sunday of Divine Mercy or Divine Mercy Sunday. And I thought that it would be good to spend just a little bit of time on this because this is so important. Um, On the second Sunday of Easter uh, in the Jubilee year of 2000 at the mass for the canonization of St. Faustina Kowalska, Pope John Paul II proclaimed to the world that from now on throughout the church, This Sunday will be called Divine Mercy Sunday. Now, St. Faustina received her first vision in 1931, and then in 1935, she received the vision, which today is described as kind of what we know as the chaplet of Divine Mercy. Now, I think it's really important that we uh, talk about the difference between say private revelation and then what the church actually teaches on this divine mercy Sunday, because you know, the visions of Christ received by St. Faustina and the messages and all the disciplines flowing from them do remain in the category of private revelation. So the church's doctrine doctrine on divine mercy and the liturgical practices such as this Sunday are not based on St. Faustina's revelations. They are actually based on Holy scripture. So St. Faustina's revelations add nothing new to the deposit of faith nor anything novel to the liturgy of the church. And the Holy See did not establish the Divine Mercy Sunday to commemorate her mystical experiences. But nevertheless, what makes her revelations so striking is the way that they so powerfully express the central truths that lie at the heart of the gospel the merciful love of God manifest, especially in the passion and the resurrection of his son. So oftentimes what isn't necessarily required <laughs> still can be a matter of good counsel, right? And her, yes. her diary and her private revelations are obviously very um, you know, insightful. Yes, they are. Uh, it's very moving. And so uh, this is something that the Father said, uh, Holy Father said at her tomb in 1997. There is nothing that man needs more than divine mercy, that love, which is benevolent, which is compassionate, which raises man above his weakness to the infinite heights of the holiness of God. And I hope that her diaries really help with that theme. And I want to close this with one of uh, the things that she did receive as um, as a promise. It says this, My daughter, tell the whole world about my inconceivable mercy. I desire that the Feast of Mercy be a refuge and shelter for all souls, and especially for poor sinners. I pour out a whole ocean of graces upon those souls who approach the fount of my mercy. And how beautiful indeed that message is today. It sure is, Kevin. Well, we're going to move to the first reading. And of course, we have this during all of Easter season from the Acts of the Apostles.
0: Yeah, we do. And this reading is going to present us with an image of a very small but growing Catholic community back in the wee early years of the church. And the reading, if you go through it, it's going to identify some of the Characteristics of a healthy church community. And some of those are, you know, sacramental, in particular, a good devotion to the Holy Eucharist and active community prayer life, sharing material goods that support the works of the church, faithful instruction and in ongoing catechi- catechizing of the congregation and evangelizing others, because that's how you grow the church, right? Sharing in meaningful leisure time, like church potlucks. And that kind of communal life can be found in healthy parishes today. But healthy parishes don't develop without good leadership. And this is where the priesthood and the diaconate come in. Healthy parishes need holy priests who try their very best to fulfill their priestly obligations and who devote their lives to the service of souls. I once heard someone say that to determine the health of a parish, check the vital signs which are profound reverence and devotion to the Eucharist, devotion to our Blessed Mother Mary, and faithful obedience to papal authority
1: yes and in fact maybe i can add another vital sign so the wisdom of one of my daughters-in-law as she says if the church ain't crying it's dying (laughs) (laughs) so i thought that's a good one
0: yes the the new the new births coming into the church that's right and if she
1: doesn't say anything to me after mass then i know (laughs) that she didn't listen to the commentary this sunday but that's a little test now that i could put out there but also you mentioned a lot of the communal lives there is also then the question how do i personally live this liturgical and sacramental life that you're talking about. And I really think that he touches on these three items, how we have to die to our sins, how we rise to new life, and then go and make disciples. How important this reading really is to that life in that early church and how we should live that life today. Yeah. Well, let's move to the second reading. This actually is from... First letter, St. Peter, it is, I think, about 21 lines long, and it's all of three sentences. So, he
0: wasn't big on punctuation. I yeah. guess he liked
1: a lot of commas in here. But <laughs> <laughs> what what wisdom does Peter bring today?
0: Well, you know, he, he, he focuses in on the truth of the resurrection, and the truth of the resurrection has remained steadfast throughout the centuries because it is firmly rooted in sacred scripture in sacred tradition, and as been taught by the magisterium. And in spite of those who have relentlessly attacked this truth, it has remained, as St. Peter said, imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, and by which we obtain our salvation.
1: Right, but it doesn't say that that obtaining our salvation and that goal of our lives is going to be easy. Uh, It says here, obviously, you may have to suffer through various trials. And When I think about that, I think about the St. Augustine quote, and he says this, If I experience pain, relief will come in due course. If I am offered tribulation, it will serve for my purification. Does gold shine in the craftsman's furnace? It will shine later when it forms part of the collar when it is jewelry. But for the time being, it puts up with being in the fire because when it sheds its impurities, it will acquire its brilliant shine. And that's really a good reminder for me on those various trials to offer them up. <laughs>
0: Very much <laughs> yes. so, yes.
1: Well, in the gospel today here, we see Christ appearing to 11 of the, the the 11 apostles, or maybe the 10 right now, and he says, Shalom.
0: Yeah, poor Thomas. You know, he really gets a bad rap because of this incident, and it earned him the title of Doubting Thomas. Now, why was Thomas gone? Was he running errands? Who knows? But what, for whatever reason, Thomas was not in the room when our Lord appeared. And maybe it was Thomas's turn to do the grocery shopping, or you know, maybe he was at the marketplace getting food for everybody. And then when he gets back, the other disciples tell him, man, you missed it. You know, Jesus was here. I think a lot of us might respond... Kind of the way Thomas Thomas did, you know, maybe be a little bit skeptical at that point. And after all, there were still a lot of emotions that Thomas was processing. You know, the loss of Jesus, who just a couple weeks earlier, Thomas had offered to go into Jerusalem with him and to die with him. All his hopes and dreams that were obliterated with the crucifixion. You know, he wouldn't have come to know what to believe, you know, probably at that point. And the story that his friends were telling him, that may have just seemed too good to be true. Now, the Catholic Church asks us to believe many things about the faith that we cannot see. Teachings that are a mystery and known only to God. And I think it's fair to say that we all struggle with doubt at one time or another.
1: Yeah, so let's not exactly excuse Thomas completely, because we can't excuse ourselves here. (laughs) Whether it was too good to be true, whether it was the fear of change, whether it was a lack of trust. At one point or another, we are going to have to reach out and trust to the Lord. And it may take us out of our comfort zone. But usually, at least personally, after that experience, I have deepened my faith and grown closer to Christ through that difficult time. And so when you reach out in faith, when you reach out in trust, let's remember that message of divine mercy. Jesus, I trust in you.
0: Hallelujah.
1: You've been listening to Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman, produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio. For more information about this show, go to moderndayradio.com. That's M-A-T-E-R-D-E-I-Radio.com.